What if there was a different way to live and work beyond the hustle and hype, beyond the never ending race to get more, do more, be more, a way that's nourishing, grounded, creative, and aligned with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Alchemy in Action with me, your host, Amanda Cook. In each episode, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. Join me to create a life and work that truly fit you, infused with meaning and magic. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. This week, we're talking about wellness at work corporate wellness services. It is such a hot area within the wellness industry right now because businesses around the world are finally becoming more tuned into the fact that if their employees are healthy, then they're going to be more productive at work. Now, this gives awesome opportunities for you, the wellpreneur, because in addition to just working with individual people, you can actually start to work with companies. And we've talked about this in a few other episodes of the Wellpreneur podcast. But this week, my guest is a wellpreneur who made the transition herself from working in the legal industry to being self-employed as a wellpreneur and starting a corporate wellness business. This week's guest is Sophia Rose, who owns the company Esprit Decor. Sophia is based in the UK, and like I said, she used to work in the legal industry herself, but she's a Pilates and yoga instructor, and when she started her business as a wellpreneur, she decided to focus on corporate wellness. So we're going to be talking about how her personal journey has evolved doing that leap from employee to self-employed and also how she approaches the corporate wellness market, how she feels about how to effectively sell wellness services in the corporate world, and also her personal practices just around life as a wellpreneur, right? So the need to maintain your own practice, to be mindful, to deal with the stress and anxiety that comes up running your own business. We're going to talk about all of that today. As a personal update, you know I've recorded this episode in advance because my husband and I are on an epic journey. We're traveling from Hong Kong to London completely by train. Well, and maybe one bus in there somewhere, but it's going to take us 10 weeks. And right now, the week this episode is released, we're in China. So if you'd like to follow along with our journey, we have a blog and also an Instagram account set up for it. You can find that at andouroutheradventures.com. And the Instagram account is and our other adventures. Internet access can be a bit spotty in China, but I'm going to try my best to post updates throughout our trip and certainly will as soon as we get out of China as well with the full trip report. So I'd love to have you follow along with us over there. But first, I want to share my tool pick of the week. This is one I haven't talked about before, but it's super important when you're running an online business. This week, I want to talk about my web hosting provider. So I use a company called WP Engine to host my website. Web hosting is basically like where your website lives. It's the servers it lives on. And so that's going to determine not only how fast your website is delivered to people, which as you know, if you hit a slow website, people just click away from it. But also it's going to provide the security and the backups for your website to make sure that your website doesn't get hacked or you don't lose any backups. Or if it does get hacked or something happens, the website goes down you're able to recover from it very quickly because there's a professional team behind that website hosting that can make sure that your website's always backed up and as secure as possible. So I know for a lot of wellpreneurs, you know, this is the techie stuff that you don't really like to think about. But let me just say, no matter what you use, is your website backed up? If it is not, 
oh my gosh, that's your homework for the week right now is go make sure you've got a website backup solution in place. So if you go with hosting like WP Engine, they already take care of that. They run nightly backups for you. They run all of your WordPress updates. It's just really awesome. When I first started out, I got cheaper hosting that was really, really inexpensive. And it was kind of a pain because it was slow. It would have some problems from time to time. I had to manage all the backups using a plugin myself, which was a headache. And I'm pretty techie. And if I ever did have problems, their customer service was awful. So then when I switched to WP Engine, which now has been, geez, probably four years ago, I mean, there's just no headaches. It's so easy. WordPress is updated. I know it's getting backed up every night. It's really fast. It's really secure. I've got, I think, four different websites running on it right now, and it's just brilliant. So if you'd like to try WP Engine and support the Wellpreneur podcast at the same time, I'd love if you could go through my affiliate link, which is wellpreneuronline.com slash WP Engine. As with all affiliate links, this doesn't change the price to you at all, but if you sign up for a plan through my link, then it gives me a little commission, which helps to support the podcast, and I really appreciate that. So again, that's wellpreneuronline.com slash WPEngine. And no matter who you choose for web hosting, please, please, please make sure that your site is backed up. If you have any questions about how to do this, come over into our Wellpreneur community group on Facebook, and let's talk about it this week. Okay, now let's shift to thinking about making our own transition into corporate wellness with this interview with Sophia Rose. Hi, Sophia. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Hi, Amanda. No problem. Thanks for having me. So, Sophia, I met you through a Facebook group, actually, wonderful Facebook groups. And I really wanted to have you on the show because you run a business called Esprit Decor and you specialize in corporate wellness. And that's such a hot topic in the wellpreneur community. So I'm really excited to have you here to share your experience about it. Yeah, great. Brilliant. So um, why don't you let us know, I guess, for people that aren't familiar with you in your business, how do you describe what you do? So Esprit Decor is as you pointed out, a corporate wellness business. Um, It's a company that I founded in 2015, so a couple of years ago now. And it was very much born out of my personal experience um, and my personal kind of journey, which I have a background in professional services business development. So I, I spent five years working in law firms and also an accountancy firm um, on the marketing and BD side, uh, sitting at a desk kind of eight, nine, ten hours a day, uh, feeling just very, very frustrated, really, with the lack of access to kind of fitness, physical health and wellness, and also the much wider aspect of wellness. Um, So kind of the things that help very much our mental health as well. And and just feeling really frustrated that, yes, I would have a maybe a 45 minute lunch break where I'd been given a gym subsidy, but I couldn't really realistically get to that gym class in the time allocated. I didn't feel like I was really allowed to go. I was kind of looked at and stared at if I did. So all these kind of personal frustrations I had from my, my five years in that in that career um, that ultimately led me to leave leave that career and set up Esprit de Corps. And um, so, yeah, it was very much born out of my personal experience. Um, so it's something I'm really passionate about. Mm, I'd love if you could share a bit about that moment where you were thinking of leaving, because I know there's a lot of listeners out there that, you know, you're in a corporate job. I mean, I've been there too. You're in a corporate job and you really want to do something else. Maybe you do your training on the side and then it's kind of that, when is the right moment to leave? So how did that come yeah. out for you? 
Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's something that I'm really happy to share. I'm very open about this because I want to help as many people as possible. But um, and I'm not saying that everyone should leave their job, <laughs> but um, it's good to know kind of the journey that everyone's gone on. And if any aspect of my journey can help anyone, then that's great. So I was working in a law firm um, full time, really quite long hours. And so I was suffering with depression, really anxiety and depression, which had been brought on from just kind of lifestyle, working very long hours, putting a lot of pressure on myself. I'm a, a bit of a perfectionist, I guess. And, you know, like a lot of people want to, everything in my life to be great and try and control everything, which, as we all know, just isn't possible. Um, so I had a little bit of a, a breakdown, really. I um, was kind of crying in the toilets at work, probably most lunch times, you know, having to really, really mentally psych myself up for meetings, which were meetings that really I knew I could do and could handle and would be great at but just it was really um kind of the, the, the depression was really and anxiety was really affecting my life and I just knew that the job was kind of the main culprit for me and I come from a dance background I used to be a dancer so I'm used to kind of being in a much more physical based job and moving and so it, it, you know it turns out it really wasn't the right career for me so I decided to make a move and I kind of took a step back and had a few months out and went home and from Yorkshire, spent some time away from London, just kind of trying to work out what I wanted, what was working, what wasn't working and just wanted to do something, something that I was really passionate about again. So um, I just kind of decided to do something that I loved. And at the time that was Pilates, I was still managing to fit in probably one or two Pilates classes a week whilst I was still working full time. And that was the one thing that I've always kept up since my dancing days, always loved, very passionate about both the physical and mental benefits of, of a, an exercise method such as Pilates, very similar to yoga in lots of ways. So I made a plan to kind of pursue that as a career. So I started, I embarked straight away on, on my teacher training for Pilates and I managed to find a job doing what I was doing still on the, the legal BD side, but in um, a firm working part time. So I actually had a bit of a transitionary year, which I think is quite common for people that, have, have, that I've met actually in the wellness industry that have made a similar transition. So I had a year working three days a week at a great firm called CMS Cameron McKenna as a BD manager there. And then I was teaching a couple of days a week. So I was starting to build up clients and get experience teaching Pilates in studios. So that was kind of my transitionary year. And then at the time, I actually wasn't 100% sure what direction I would go in. I knew I very much wanted to pursue that passion, but I didn't know if it would work. I think I had lots of doubts. I thought, gosh, can I make a career out of it? Um, do I want to leave kind of the safety net of a you know, professional job and a regular income and all of those things? And I was actually enjoying the three days a week at the law firm more than I think I ever had <laughs> in other jobs. Um, I think because I was able to switch off for a couple of days and have that kind of contrast. But I did decide it got to the end of towards the end of that year and it, it was becoming really difficult to juggle the two jobs. And I was very fortunate. I managed to build up some great clients and lots of fantastic opportunities in, in the wellness space came, uh, opened up to me and, and some great teaching opportunities. So I made that decision, left the law firm I was working at and, and launched myself full time into teaching. And it was during those last kind of couple of months, I'd say, working in that last law firm and in my teaching that I had the idea about Esprit de Corps. I was um, just chatting to lots of colleagues about the teaching I was doing and the Pilates work I was doing. And I was, you know, loving it more and more and very passionate about it, explaining the benefits of it to my colleagues in the law firm and 
getting lots of feedback from them about, gosh, you know, why don't doesn't someone come in and do this with us? You know, and I was thinking, yes, we could do this on our lunch break, do it before work, after work. It very much invigorates the mind and body. And so that's when I started working on on my ideas um, behind Esprit du Corps. That's when the kind of idea was born. And then when I left that last law firm to teach full time, I began setting up Esprit du Corps as well. I think that's fantastic that you took that transition year, as you call it. I think trying to start something on the side while working full time can be really crazy. Um, yeah. It's nice that you had that transition period instead of just, you know, having to go full on and suddenly have all this pressure to support yourself yeah. through Pilates teaching. You yeah. could ease into it. Exactly. I think that's something that's really important to point out is kind of like the pressure point. And I think a lot of people that I've met in the wellness industry quite similar to myself like you know very hard working and you know so passionate and work really hard and that but I think that pressure of just kind of giving up something that's maybe seen as secure and you know all of a sudden all at once is just probably too much so having that like gradual mm-hmm. transition was perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm curious did you get any strange reactions or any pushback from friends and family when you told them what you were going to do? Yes, I did. <laughs> Definitely. My dad's a lawyer. So yeah, I love him to pieces. But I think he was probably the, the person that encouraged me into the legal industry. And <laughs> um, having been a dancer, you know, which is a very unstable kind of uh, career. So having already experienced that career and, and had had to leave the dance world relatively young because of injury. And um, he'd managed to persuade me to go into the legal and professional area. So, yeah, I think he had his concerns, which he voiced and um, and a couple of friends who are probably much more, um, you know, they're used to having a very secure, regular job and have done that ever since university. But I'd say they were very much in the minority. And, and once I'd had that chat and kind of voiced those concerns and talked through them with my dad and those couple of people um, and they could see the passion and, and the thought process behind it all people were very much on board my husband's been incredibly supportive since day one so he's been a great person to bounce ideas off and and yeah my family have been great but I think there was that initial kind of oh hang on a minute um are you sure you can just give up you know that that regular salary and um that security and I think also because again probably similarly to a lot of people that I've met in the wellness entrepreneurial space I am very security driven I think most people are I like to have everything kind of sorted and planned and um so I think that's maybe why a few people turned around that close to me and said, oh, hang on, is this going to work for you? Is it going to kind of stress you out even more not having that that security? And so, yeah, there was a little bit. But I think once people can see your passion and that you've really kind of thought it all through, they're nothing but supportive, which is lovely. Mm-hmm. I know myself when I was leaving my corporate job, I even had hesitations and just thought, yeah. is this insane? Like, this is a job a lot of people would really yeah want and I'm giving it up to do this crazy thing yeah. and then and I don't know if you felt this way but I thought like you know what I guess I can always come back and get a corporate job yeah exactly <laughs> that is what I thought I thought look I've got five years now in this job that I'm doing I'm pretty good at it if all all just goes to part I can I can get back into it <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about corporate wellness then so your current business is it are you teaching all the classes do you work with other instructors how does that work so I initially started out teaching the classes um, and now I'm in a position where I'm just starting to expand the team and I've got three lovely teachers working for me. 
So when I start working with a company, I will always teach the initial kind of taster class unless so I'm not I'm currently doing my yoga teacher training. But at present, I'm not a qualified yoga instructor. I'm just a qualified Pilates instructor. So if I get a request for just yoga, I will send someone else in for the trial. But um, other apart from that, I try to do the trial class myself because I very much like to meet the clients, see the space, try and get an understanding of of any existing well-being program that they've got set up and running and how I might be able to work with them and fit within their existing program and answer any concerns, answer any questions, have that face-to-face contact, that opportunity to just kind of really get to know the client a little bit better. And then I will send a teacher in to teach the class. Um, I am teaching some of the Pilates myself. So I've got a private teaching schedule as well. So it's a little bit of both. How did you get your very first client for Esprit de Corps? My first client was through a friend. <laughs> so, That's what I was wondering, so yeah. yeah. It is a lot of personal contacts. Mm-hmm. I've got lots of fantastic and incredibly successful friends. So she got me a child class. Um, I think because of the nature of their business, they're obviously all out um, off-site a lot of the time. So it hasn't continued long-term, but we're looking at setting up something slightly different structure at the moment. But I worked with them for about a year for teaching weekly classes and I taught those ones myself because it was very much at the beginning of my business but um yeah so they're my first client which is a fantastic client to work for yeah thanks for sharing that because I I find that just across all sorts of the wellness world you know health coaches or whatever you are like you get your first clients through people you know yeah definitely it's just you don't have to go do some crazy marketing campaign to get your first client like yeah yeah and I think that's something I kind of learned through my previous job as well like the power of referrals and don't be afraid to take recommendations and referrals it's 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 normally the most um they normally turn out to be the most successful clients as well because there's been that personal recommendation it's come through a mutual friend or contact who maybe has a similar work ethic and personality to you so it's a great avenue to go down how have you done that how are you getting referrals now do you just like literally just talk about what you do to your friends or do you have like a more strategic approach for how you do that yeah, so it's a, it's a combination of both, really. It's a twofold approach. So I do have kind of a marketing strategy and I've got my website in terms of social media marketing. I've got my Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook pages that I'm trying to put out posts through to reach a wide audience. But then, and I am doing a little bit of, you know, I'm in the process of building a wider target client list and I'm doing a little bit of the cold approach um, in terms of contacting companies, trying to find out the right contacts to go through. But I find that the personal approach is just much more me and much more organic and, and tends to actually be much more successful in terms of gaining clients. So, yeah, it's very much just getting my message out and speaking about it as much as possible, speaking to friends, you know, even at the pub, at a, a birthday, at a wedding, whatever, whatever the opportunity, whatever the situation, I think we all talk very much about our work anyway. So it tends to come up quite naturally, especially when you're doing something that you're very passionate about. You you actually end up speaking about it a lot more than you realise. Um, so, yeah, any kind of opportunities where I'm with friends or contacts or friends of friends. But I'm also trying to get myself to events, networking events. So, I mean, there's, there's so many fantastic opportunities in the wellness industry in London. I mean, there's various Facebook groups and pages that you can join. There's various groups via LinkedIn that you can join. And there will be 
you know, events that they put on that you could get yourself to. Um, I went, for example, to an alumni event uh, the other week from a previous law firm that I worked at. So that was a great opportunity to speak to lots of different people. There were people there from other companies that had previously worked at that firm I'd been at, but had since left. So yeah, just networking, putting yourself out there really, which is scary. But I think the face-to-face environment and being able to have that conversation for me is a much more kind of organic way of of getting contacts and leads and it feels much more natural and tends to have better results than the cold emails that I occasionally send Absolutely. but it's part of the yeah part of a wider strategy and I've got the two-fold approach very much so I'm curious when you're talking to companies because I know corporate like it really seems like corporate wellness is becoming mainstream and companies are realizing that they need to spend time and money to invest in their employees' well-being. So I'm curious when you're having these conversations with, I guess, maybe the human resources department within a, yeah. within a company, what are their real motivations? Why would they be prepared to invest in something yeah, like this? Exactly. So I think something that I've realized probably through, through time and through experience of speaking to lots of different companies is, yeah, there'll be that initial interest because it's very corporate wellness is very much a hot topic and it's very much in press uh, regularly so companies want to be seen to be doing something about it Uh, so you'll get that initial like oh yeah great that's definitely something that we want to talk about let's have a call or let's have a meeting or whatever and then you'll get through that meeting that call you'll get down the line you'll be passed on to someone else in the team passed on to someone else and then it might just fizzle out and I think that the main obstacle seems to be that, yeah, they want to see results. Companies want to see results. Obviously, companies are financially driven. And so they want to see statistical results. So they want to see that they're improved you know, by, by bringing on a weekly yoga class, for example, you know, a year down the line, two years down the line, the, the sick days have been reduced. You know, they've got less um, people in their team taking sick days due to stress, for example. So I think it's something that's very difficult because you need someone to take that leap of faith to embark on something before you can see those results but it it does that does seem to be something that's kind of brought up quite a lot by people or we're not quite sure at the moment we haven't got the evidence that this is something that we really need to actually invest in yet but it feels like it's getting closer and closer the more I mean there's something something on the BBC today about mental health again we see something most weeks but today something from Theresa May about a a report that she's launched and saying you know that st- staff on stress leave is up by 22 percent at the moment so and I think it I think she said it's 99 billion each year that's that's lost that the economy loses due to mental health which is just crazy so it's just something that's that's not going away and, and becoming more and more talked about in the public eye and I think that's something that I, that people are starting to touch on in the conversations I'm having when I bring things like that up and stats like that and then I link that into the benefits of yoga and Pilates and mindful movement um, and taking time away from your desk to breathe and to move and to have that opportunity to just just kind of de-stress away from the craziness of, of work life. So I think, yeah, there's that kind of evidence and stats that, that people are wanting. And then also, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but it's just very much about money for a lot of, a lot of companies. So they'll have a budget. There will be a, a certain pot of money that is set aside each financial year for they they'll all call it different things, but quite a lot of companies now are brilliantly having, you know, a corporate health or wellness pot budget. Um, or it might be within a wider CSR pot or employee incentivization budget, something along those lines. Um so there will be that that allocated money. 
that you tend to have to go through a lot of hoops to get sign off to have a little ch- chunk of that um, allocated to a weekly yoga class or a weekly Pilates class. Yeah, uh, that's what I was wondering, like how yeah. long, because I remember I used to work in the corporate world and I did sales and it would take, you know, six months yeah. to get a purchase approved. Yeah. Like, are you finding, exactly. what kind of time yeah, scales you know, are you looking speaking, at? Yeah, I've been speaking to one company for six months now and they they seem very positive and very much on board, but I've spoken to about 10 different people and I've actually got over that financial hurdle with this particular company, which is fantastic. And I've had sign up from you know the head of finance. But now the last stage is is logistics. So it's you might get that final sign off from a financial aspect, but then you've got all of the logistical elements. So, you know, you've got the facilities team who might decide that actually this huge space that they've got, which is definitely big enough for a class, you know, for some reason, whether it's health or safety related or insurance related um, or logistics in terms of events that they've got running throughout the week, they will come up with something as to why it cannot be used for that weekly yoga class. So it's then working around that and um, looking at alternatives. And is it is it realistic to move the class each week based around the event schedule? And, you know, we'll have a risk management report done and all of these things to get around those so yeah you there's that that's the other one after the financial aspect is the is the logistical side of it which has also proven challenging (laughs) and it it sounds like to me like getting the introduction into a company is just like the you know a tiny little baby step really it's all in the follow-up is what it sounds like exactly it's it's a a long process and actually you know the bigger the company the more hurdles you have, the more people try to get involved or tend to get involved, and the more hurdles you have. So, you know, my one of my most successful clients is uh, probably one of my smallest clients, um, and they're a charity and they're wonderful to work with, and they don't have lots of these processes and structures and hierarchies in place that, you know, a huge global management consultancy will have. So they were actually relatively easy and straightforward to get started working with. So there's massive differences between different sectors and industries that I'm finding as well. And again, that's very much a learning curve as I work with different companies and in different sectors. Do you have any tools or anything that you rely on to help you with all the follow-ups so you can keep track of it all? I mean, I'm quite old school in that sense. I have lots of spreadsheets. So I have like a kind of tracker spreadsheet, a master tracking spreadsheet that kind of tracks a pipeline, so to speak, like a sales pipeline. I don't have any actual software that I'm using. It's something that I am um, looking at at the moment. My husband works in sales, so he's been speaking to me about various different tools and software programs that I might want to look at. Um, but yeah, at the moment, I'm just I've got my various spreadsheets. I track the sales pipeline, um, and I have you know all of my contacts. Everyone I've spoken to will get tracked um, in my spreadsheets and in my personal records. Awesome. So I'm always really curious when I talk with wellpreneurs on the show about your personal routines and habits, because it's interesting working in wellness. Like we need to try to keep ourselves well and kind of walk the talk while you're running the business. So do you have any... (laughs) Totally. Do you have any routines or rituals or habits that you do, like maybe a morning routine or something like that, just to keep yourself on track? Yes. Well, I wake up at 20 past five in the morning which is insane but I am actually still teaching personally so I teach 
private Pilates and personal training at people's homes in the morning and then I get back and, and work on my company in the afternoon so I'm kind of juggling the two two elements of my work at the moment so I get up very early because I have a little puppy who I have to take out in the morning but so first thing I, I drink like a pint of water when I wake up which is something I've always done I feel it's it you know it just gets everything going in the morning it flushes like the toxins it wakes up your systems um so that's something I always do um I then have coffee I love coffee <laughs> very much have I love a coffee in the morning um I'd love to say I get up and do mindfulness and meditation for half an hour before I go but when I have to get up so early it's just not realistic and not possible that's something I I do practice on the train though so you know I have a history of of depression and now more anxiety which I still struggle with a little bit um not so much since I've been in my new career but it does rear its head sometimes so I practice mindfulness and it's something I do while I'm on the train so I'll, I'll get up I'll get ready sort the puppy out get ready for my teaching get on the train and if the puppy is behaving and sleeping I will close my eyes sit close my eyes and I do mindfulness on my journey so I don't manage to do it every day it depends on how busy the train is how busy my mind is whether whether I'm just managing to do it that day but I will try and it's I'll close my eyes and I just do a very simple breathing based focus mindfulness technique um, which I just find calms my mind um, really focuses my mind and then I get off the train just kind of really together and ready to tackle my day and it's not like I even have a stressful job in terms of I love my teaching I love my clients I'm so fortunate I have some incredible private clients but it, it's I think this is something that will resonate with a lot of the wellness entrepreneurs is that there's just a lot that we're trying to, to fit into our day really or with everyone in life you just have so much to fit into your day and into your life and I think it's that the diff lots of different things that you're trying to fit in um can actually be stressful even if your job itself isn't stressful mm-hmm. so it's it's focusing calming and focusing your mind and your thoughts so that you can then get the most out of your day be the most productive and enjoy it as well rather than just feeling like you're kind of crazily steaming through the day trying to tick off everything on the to-do list so yeah that mindfulness practice in the morning does really help me and like I say I want to be really honest about it I don't always manage it but even on the days I don't I'm just so passionate about the power of breathing so if I'm having a day where I am just feeling a bit anxious and you know the trains are delayed and I'm spending like I'm spending half my day in the train station and the, the puppy's playing up and I've got a call to get back to and I don't want to do it from a train station. I want to speak to the client, you know, in a calm environment and it's all just feeling a bit much. I will sit and breathe. So I'll even be waiting for my train and I will be sitting. I'll be that weirdo that is sitting in the train station with my puppy on my lap and deep breathing. and <laughs> just kind of regathering my thoughts at that point in my day, you know, reevaluating. OK, I've had a lovely morning teaching. Just now have that moment for yourself to refocus. Think about the next thing that, that's happening in your day. Okay, think about the call you've got. Who's the client? What stage are we at? Just have that moment, have that opportunity to focus. And then you arrive, I arrive back home, calm, collected, ready to then plough on with the rest of my day, which is very much um, working on Esprit de Corps and, and my corporate opportunities. So, yeah, breathing is mindfulness. Breathing is just so important. I can't stress enough how, how much that helps me in my life. and exercise movement you know I I am very into my fitness so I will work out probably three times a week if I can Um, I'm a bit of a 
nature of habit, very much like routines. I try and do three workouts a week and then Pilates and yoga and stretching on the days that I don't work out. So, but even on a day that I'm really busy, I've done my morning's teaching, I get back, I've got to sit down and do a few hours work and get through a list that I've a to do list. I will, even if I don't make it to the gym or don't get to a yoga class, I will just get my mat out at home and I'll do some really basic what I like to call mindful movement so really just on your mat breathing gentle movement gentle stretching um just to kind of have that that opportunity to reconnect and that that's something that has kind of underpinned a lot of the work I've been doing with my corporate clients as well because I'm just so passionate about it can be very basic movement the power of basic functional movement and mindful movement and breathing combined the, 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 the massive positive effect that can have on you when you are sitting at a desk all day is just phenomenal so I will do I'll even do things at sitting at the desk so you know, even now talking to you like I have had several moments where I've, I've just kind of you know had a little lift out of my spine had a really gentle twist just very small basic movements that make your back feel better that make you feel a little bit more open if you've maybe been rounded at your laptop for for an hour or so lots of little things that I do <laughs> lots of little rituals <laughs> yeah that's great to weave it into the day and I, I mean yeah. I also try to do mindfulness you know if you're standing in a long queue or something and you yeah. can just kind of drop into the present moment and watch your breathing yeah. and just kind of you know check in with your body and I love that idea of the little mindful stretching just anything to bring you back yeah. to the here and now it's exactly. really helpful yeah, it doesn't have to be anything huge. I think that's what puts people off. You know, wellness is obviously a very wide term, incorporates a lot of different elements of health and fitness, but people are scared. I think they think, oh my goodness, I've got to get to a really crazy CrossFit class for an hour. No, <laughs> you don't. If you've got a sore back and you've got postural issues, actually the best thing for you could just be some very, very basic spinal mobilization and movement that you can actually do at your desk um it's ideal to get away from your desk if you can but if you can't you can do some very basic movements at your desk even and you know combine that with a little bit of mindfulness and some and some breathing techniques and you'll feel you'll feel so much better and ready to re-tackle you know that challenging call or piece of work that you're working on Mm -hmm. it's so funny because you know so many people listening and, and myself, too, got out of a corporate desk job. You know, we wanted to get away from that and go work in a different field. But then actually running your own business, especially if you're trying to do online marketing. I mean, how many hours do you spend on the computer? <laughs> I know, exactly. It's crazy, isn't it? You end up, people say to you, oh, you must be so healthy and active. And you say, well, sometimes, yes, but sometimes I feel like I'm just working even longer hours. Because, yeah, it's, you know, you don't have that clear cut nine to five anymore. And it's, You've always got more and because you're so passionate about it, you know, there is no kind of end of the day and yeah, on the laptop a lot. So yeah, definitely there's there's that side to it. You've got to be quite I think you've got to be very strict with yourself. Um, I think it helps. I'm very disciplined, you know, I think that comes from the dancer and me. I'm I, I try to be very disciplined. So unless it's something that's really urgent, I will stop working at a certain time and make sure I have some time with my husband in the evening. Otherwise, I think it is very easy just to slip back into that trap of just kind of sitting at your laptop all night, you know, and trying to have a conversation with your family, but not quite managing it because your head's still in the job. And I think you do have to try very hard to have a routine and to be strict with yourself and be disciplined. 
And like I say, obviously there's there's times when it's something super urgent and you have to count, of course. Um, and there are no no nine to five hours in this when you're working for yourself, but try and have that overall routine as best you can. Otherwise, you will end up just running yourself down, which is just you know then you're not going to be able to be productive and it's just counterintuitive, really. Mm-hmm. Or even something basic like it sounds so obvious, but like get dressed. When you're working from yeah. home, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like take a shower, eat breakfast, get yeah. dressed, have like, try to have a routine because it's yeah. so easy just to like, oh, I'll just check my email from bed. And then suddenly yeah. it's like, noon, yeah. you know, midday and you haven't done like move. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, sit at a table. So I always sit at our table to work. I had moments where I, I, at the beginning, where I'd sit on the sofa and I was just like, no, this isn't going to work because I just want to put the TV on and I just want to sit. Mm-hmm. so for me being at a desk at a table with a chair um you know creates that that working environment for me and that for that formality that I think you have to have if you're in your home has anything you know since running Esprit de Corps going out on your own having your own business has anything really surprised you or been unexpected I guess naively I didn't expect it to be so challenging I think because I am really hard working I've always had a very strong work ethic and been really disciplined in whatever I've done so I think it surprised me how easily I want to just switch off (laughs) which I think because it's a very intense way of working and I think because you're on your own a lot of the time so it's it that makes it more intense you're very focused Mm -hmm. it has surprised me how easily you know if my phone rings and it's a friend like oh I just want to talk to that person or yeah for FaceTime I just want to go on that FaceTime or just you know, if my puppy's playing, oh, I just want to play with my puppy and have that time. I think it's surprising how easily I've been distracted because I am such a focused person and a disciplined person. But I think that comes down to having, yeah, working on your own. So I was so used to having people around me every day, all day, all the time. Absolutely. It's a, that's a and huge when, shift. Yeah, because there's yeah. no built-in social interaction. You're just alone exactly. for hours. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, my husband will ring me on his lunch break and he's only got two minutes to say hi. And I'm like, oh, well, let's chat, let's chat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I think that's been quite surprising. And again, that's been a real learning curve and allowing myself to have those little pockets, actually, of time, because I guess they are, yeah, your social interaction um, and then get, but then being disciplined to get back to it. So I think I've learned a lot about myself. I think I thought it would be a lot easier in terms of the discipline than it has been, which has surprised me. I feel like it's been a whole new stage of my personal development. Mm -hmm. And then I think also something that has, surprised me is is how difficult it's been to get people to maybe open up in terms of working with potential clients and trying to find out you know what really motivates them in their company to embark upon a well-being program or what's going wrong what's working that's been really challenging and I think I'm a very open person and I think having come from obviously I had those five years in professional services but having come from a background of dance and the arts and I come from quite an open family and I'm very open with my friends. So having that background, um, then it's been very challenging getting that open kind of communication feedback from clients and from contacts and from people that I'm trying to work with. So that's been really challenging. And that's something that, you know, that's just a challenge of the job. But it's something that I have to keep pursuing because it's when you get that that honest feedback and you get someone to open up and say, actually, what's not working in this company is is this is x y and blah, blah, blah. that's when you can really try and help and you can 
you can really try and make a difference and you can really try and say oh okay great well I think this will work for you I think this yoga and Pilates might work for you because of this and actually maybe if you don't have you know the space or you don't have just a little bit of of desk-based Pilates would be great and it might you know bring people together and increase you know boost morale and team and especially if you're all doing it together in the same space but actually getting that honest feedback I found a lot more difficult than I expected um I think again I was working with lawyers in my previous job and I'd got to a point in my career where I was feeling relatively competent and just having relatively open honest conversations about clients we were pursuing and things and what we needed to do to get the clients so I think I thought that would just translate into this job and I'd get that open honest feedback and and that's been a lot more challenging than I expected it is such good personal development isn't it running a business yes, like it so you, learn you learn so much about yourself you, you think you know yourself and then when you start running your own business you're like oh I didn't realize I did that or I didn't realize that so important to me or that <laughs> and earlier in the conversation you were talking about you know stress and anxiety yeah. and saying well you know I'm in a less stressful job but I was also thinking like yeah I mean you love I mean completely you love the work you do but there's mm. all these other stresses and an- anxiety yes. inducing things that come along with running the business yes. like you're not going to get a paycheck every month you know mm. unless you make That's it happen definitely. <laughs> definitely I mean I do like I've mentioned I do struggle with anxiety a little bit and I will occasionally have you know a pretty intense anxiety attack and I think why is this happening I'm not in a job that I I I love my job I'm really lucky to have a job that I'm passionate about that I love I'm not going into these meetings anymore that you know make me worry that I'm nervous about blah 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 and you know and I think yeah it's it's because of all of the other elements when you're running your own business you don't have that security you don't have that financial security you know you can't plan to the same extent you don't know quite how much money you're making from one month to the next you know it's it's that element of the unknown and yeah fitting everything in fitting all the different elements of of your job into one day and into one week and yeah all of those elements are in themselves stressful so it's uh, to to manage those elements those those stressful elements it's a different kind of stress isn't it that's what it is and it's yeah it's learning to to manage that yeah and I think in some way it's like learning I mean I'm not sure that ever goes away like you you start to solve some of these problems but then your business grows and then you know you hire more people or you hit this different level and there's new new issues that are causing anxiety so I think it's like learning to flow with like just to flow with it and not let it sidetrack you yeah no I agree letting it having having your coping mechanisms having the things your routines your rituals your mindfulness your breathing having the things that work for you that help you manage that stress but then like you say also just learning to let go a little bit which is a constant so challenge hard. yeah <laughs> everything <laughs> like can't but yeah learning to let go learning to just take a deep breath and be like okay I don't know if I will get five new clients by the end of the financial year you know whatever you've set yourself as your target and your strategy I don't know if that's gonna happen but I'm gonna try my damn hardest to make it happen um and it's you know it's okay so it's fantastic if it does I might exceed that but it's also okay if it doesn't it's a journey and mm-hmm. yeah like you say it's learning to just go with it a little bit mm-hmm. which is scary that's the thing isn't it it's it scary. is it's like a bit of surrender I think because I'm also yeah. like very yeah. perfectionist type a and I've really yeah. had to learn to just you know what maybe this isn't happening all in my time frame and maybe it's okay if I don't know the outcomes and just like go yeah. with it yeah I think what's really lovely is that I've 
I think a lot of people, and I certainly did associate, um, you know, stress and mental health and anxiety with and pressures of work with a certain kind of job. And I think I probably naively thought, oh, I'll just be great as soon as I work for myself and I'm running my own business. And then the more people I speak to that I'm speaking to to try and pursue corporate opportunities, you know, you realise everyone, everyone has the same. It might be doing a different job. It might be in a different sector, a different industry, but everyone has the same pressures and stresses um, in terms of their job and also in terms of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's just, yeah, it's just learning to to cope with them and to go with the flow and just to try and find the enjoyment and, and the passion and the happiness in what you're doing. So if you could go back to, you know, when you were just thinking about starting your business, just yeah. getting started with it, if you could go back and give yourself some advice, what would you tell yourself? Oh, I would tell myself to plan (laughs) so I I would say yeah I think at the very beginning which is probably something everyone does when you've got an idea and a passion and you're just super excited about it you kind of just just go off left right and center after everything after every opportunity and of course you do need to react to opportunities that arise as they arise but I think um, having learned that you need to take a step back you need to think right okay what is my overall aim for what I'm trying to achieve who are the companies I'm targeting you know what's my message to them what's my USP what's my selling point what sets me aside from my competitors um you know what's the hook how am I going to start a conversation with them so I think it's that planning element that strategic element um so I would tell myself to not not lose that enthusiasm that passion because that's so important that really comes across I think um to potential clients and it also gives you the love and the enjoyment of what you're doing. And it's just crucial. But I think just don't be scared to stop, take a step back and not jump at every single conversation you have with someone and just think, OK, is this in line with what I'm trying to achieve? Is this in line with my strategy? Um, you know, can I help this client? You know, I've had various conversations with companies where I've walked away and thought, you know what, that's not a company I actually want to work with because there isn't the there isn't even one ounce of kind of openness to wellness <laughs> at the moment maybe in a year two three years time there will be but not at the moment and I think I would you know I'd just be banging my head against a brick wall uh whereas at the, at the beginning of, of launching SBD Core, I would have been trying to bang that wall down <laughs> for weeks and weeks so I think it's it's not being scared to take a step back and to, to think actually is this right is this in line with what I'm trying to achieve um yeah I think that's probably the biggest lesson and something I would tell myself on that that first day of having my my idea for defending my company. That's such great advice. Actually, nobody yeah. I ask this question all the time, and I haven't gotten that answer before. But it, that really <laughs> rings it really rings true for me because I think back to the beginning, like I would pretty much do anything for anybody. Like if there was yeah. any slight sniff whiff of an opportunity, I would go after it. Whereas Definitely. now you realize, like. It's just wasting a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah. everything and you need to do it in a healthy way that, you know, you can manage. And you're not helping anyone. You're not helping yourself or any of your clients if you run yourself too thin. Um, but yeah. Absolutely. Oh, Sophia, this has been so great chatting with you. Um, oh, it's fun. Why don't you let everyone know what your website is or how they can get in touch with you if they'd like to learn more? Yes, definitely. I will. Brilliant. So my website is www.espritdecor.co.uk. And the spelling of that's a little bit funny. Will there be a link up, Amanda? Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. I'll link oh, it up in the show notes. That link will go up. It's a little bit of a play on, 
on the Latin phrase Esprit de Corps with a slightly different spelling. Um, so that's my website. You can find out all about my various services on there and my team. Um, so go and check that out. And then I'm also, I have an Instagram and Twitter and Facebook page, and that is at Esprit de Corps UK, the same spelling as my website, but with a UK on the end. So check out my social media pages as well. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sophia, for being here. It's been really great chatting with you. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur podcast. As always, you can get all the links in the show notes at wellpreneuronline.com. And this week's tool that I love is WP Engine for WordPress web hosting. They take care of all your security and your backups. They're super professional and fast. I just love them. If you'd like to try WP Engine, you can sign up at wellpreneuronline.com slash WP Engine. Okay, have a fantastic week and I'll see you back here with the next episode.